Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you for joining me for episode 5 of the Adventure Games Podcast. The Adventure Games Podcast is now weekly. I will do everything I can to upload an episode every week. So I'll change the format a little bit. So every two weeks I will still have an interview with Adventure Game developers, as I have been doing. And then every other week I will be speaking with Thomas Bex, who is a reviewer on GamingOutsider.com. And we will be speaking about our adventure games that we've played, and we'll be discussing and reviewing those games. And we may have a topic that we discuss each episode as well, and we may have other guests as well on those episodes. So we'll wait and see what happens. And so before before our discussion this week with uh, Thomas, I just wanted to go through some news that have been happening the last week. And first of all, let's talk about some awards. So AdventureGamers.com have their annual Aggies Awards. And I don't know who won at the time of recording. Uh, By the time this episode comes up, it will be the day three, I believe, of the Aggies Awards. So my prediction will be it will be between Return of the Obra Dinn and Unavowed for most of the awards. And I predict Unavowed will probably win the overall award for best adventure game. So the Aggies, as I mentioned last week's episode, that they are like the Oscars, but for adventure games. So we'll see about those. Then the Adventure Game Studio, the engine which uh, Unavowed and Lamplight City used for their games, uh, also have their own awards. The AGS Studio has nominated their games now, has put in categories such as best puzzles, best story, best writing, Best Comedy, so they have their awards now, which you can check out at adventuregamestudio.co.uk. And now I just want to talk about a few adventure games that have been announced. So firstly, we start with Dave Gilbert, who officially announced on Twitter that Techno Babylon 2 was in production. Now he did talk about it a little bit, in our interview in episode 3, but this was the official announcement which he made. And the thing about this, the interesting thing about Techno Babylon 2, is that this is Wajedai Games' first game in 3D. They're using Unity for their game, and it will be in 3D. So the reaction was very interesting. Now, a lot of it has been positive. Techno Babylon is many people's favourite uh, Wajidai Adventure game, and a lot of people are very excited about it. But a few people have also been concerned about the fact it's going in 3D. So when Dave Gibb put up the screenshots, uh, some people were concerned again. They, um, you know, some have been moderate, uh, have been saying, oh, it's looking okay, but it needs to improve. It looks good, but it can improve here. Others have said, this is the end of the world, This, as we know it. This is horrible. This is going to be the worst game ever. I don't know. Now, thankfully, there are a minority of people who have 
said that. Um, and some people have compared Techno Babylon to, to Simon the Sorcerer 3D, to Broken Sword 3 and 4, and to Gabriel Knight 3. Now, my own view on this is that the difference between Techno Babylon 2 and those games is that those games were forced to go into 3D by the publishers. The developers in those cases obviously weren't prepared to go in 3D and those games didn't turn out particularly well, at least in the visual department. Uh, but with this game, they're doing it in 3D because they want to. And Wajidai will be publishing the game, but they will not be releasing the game when it's on ready. Uh, so when, so I don't believe that Dave Gilbert will be pushing for the game to be released uh, immediately or very quickly. Uh, they will be working very hard on this. So I do agree that some work needs to be done on the graphics, but I have every faith in James Dearden, the developer, in Ben Chandler, the artist, and of course in Dave Gilbert. Uh, they, ben Chandler has been open on social media about the fact that this is his first time using uh, 3D, but already with reaction and with feedback, he is uploading new screenshots and already we can see improvements. So we don't know of any release date yet, but I have no doubt that the game will look good and will play well as well. So while it's, you know, I think it is good that there is some caution, I don't think people should panic. And I believe people should give honest feedback, but, you know, again, don't panic and defeat, you know, some minor negative feedback, which I don't think is necessary, especially at this point. The game is, it's these screenshots are work in progress screenshots and they're an early build of the game. So, um, yeah, so Techno, Techno Babylon 2, we don't know the plot yet, but I am really looking forward to seeing more about this game and finding out more. Uh, speaking of new games, uh, Francisco Gonzalez, the developer of Lamplight City, and he also appeared on episode one to talk about this game, he made an announcement of an announcement. He mentioned that in the GDC, the Game Developers Conference, next month, he will be showing his new game. Now, we don't know what the game is, but he did give some interesting tidbits. He mentioned that it's an adventure game, that it's not a sequel to Lamplight City, but it is set in the same world. It will have inventory and traditional puzzles, and unlike Techno Babylon 2, it won't be in 3D. It will still be in 2D, but it's still pixel art, but it will be a higher resolution. It will be in 1280 by 720. So that's all we know about the game so far. I really look forward to seeing more about this game, finding out more. People who listen to my to episode one know what I think about Lamplight City, that I really loved it. So I cannot wait to find out more about this game. And another game that was announced is Grund, so G-R-U-N-N-D. Now, Grund is described by the developers as a Lynchian dark narrative heavy adventure game about the protagonist who tries to find his way back home from a parallel universe. It is an adventure game with multiple endings and no looping dialogue. So there are bizarre characters, weird yet frighteningly familiar world, unknown order, and godlike creatures beneath the surface. It is a 100% handcrafted world with no third-party assets, 
and a full original soundtrack and fully voiced. Now, I saw some of the screenshots and again, early build screenshots and wallpapers of the game and it looks really, really good. They are hoping to release it on uh, consoles as well as PC depending on funding. The studio's Neoteric Rights, Rights Studio and they're hoping to release it early next year. So that'll be a fun game to keep an eye on. So the game again is Grund and the website is Grund.com. So G-R-U-N-N-D.com. Now, second game I want to talk about is by Goloso Games. He has a few games actually in development. Uh, he's Inspector Waffles, but also a game I want to talk about is Antenna Dilemma. It is a short and witty point and click in which you follow the story of a character called C432632. It's a finicky grey cube that sure doesn't want to miss his favourite TV show. In a media-driven society in which nothing else matters but TV, will our hero wake up and understand the world he lives in is far from perfect? So the developer says it has a captivating story. It achieved third place on 81 Story category of Adventure Jam 2018. And it's an adventure game inspired by the golden age of point-and-click adventures. It has deadpan human and humor and clever pu- uh, puns. That uh, has a cast of eccentric characters, and it is it will be available on PC. So it will be available. Developers hoping in spring 2019. So again, from the screenshots and video, this looks really interesting. And you can find out more about this game in uh, www.golosogames.com and then finally I want to talk about another game called Lord Winklebottom Investigates. Now this game is developed by Cave Monsters which is a one-woman studio consisting of Charlotte Sutherland. She's previously worked in AAA games uh, for example Little Big Planet 3 Ken Exports 2, Lego Star Wars, Lego Batman, Lego Indiana Jones, and she's worked for companies such as Sumo Digital, Rare, EA, and TT Games. So, you know, she knows how to make an adventure game. So this is her first independent game. It is a murder mystery. It's a point-and-click narrative adventure game set in an alternative 1920s populated entirely by animals. It is inspired by Agatha Christie and Sherlock Holmes. The game is a classic, uniquely British murder mystery. You play as Lord Winklebottom, the gentleman giraffe, aided by his companion, Dr. Reginald Frumple. Invited to an isolated island, only to find your host, Admiral Guilfrey, is dead. Suspecting foul play, you will search for clues, solve puzzles, and interrogate suspects in order to solve the crime. Now, Cave Monsters are going to announce a Kickstarter this coming Monday, February the 24th, so you can find out more information about the Kickstarter on www.cavemonsters.com. So, this game, again, if that sounds like something you're interested in, uh, so if you like uh, Christie and Sherlock Holmes, and it's also a humorous game, so she's hoping to release this game in April 2020. You can wishlist it on Steam. So that game again is Lord Winklebottom Investigates. And you can find more about it in uh, cavemonsters.com. Uh, okay, so now 
uh, for this episode, this first kind of reviews episode, I spoke with Thomas Bex, who is a reviewer at GamingOutsider.com. He reviews mainly adventure games. It's his favorite genre. And we spoke for a little while about our favorite adventure games of all time. Then we spoke about our personal favorite adventure games of 2018. And uh, then we take a deep dive and discuss Return of the Oprah Din in detail. I've mentioned this game already a lot previously, but I recently had a chance to play the game. So we speak about it in more detail and we investigate whether it is it, it is worth the hype. Uh, is it as good as many people say it is? Well, this is what we think. So please enjoy. Thank you very much for joining me again for this uh, review episode. I'm here with Tomas Becker, who is a reviewer for GamingOutsider.com. Um, so, hello, Tomas. How are you today? Hi, Sasha. I'm uh, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Uh, I'm very happy to be here to talk about uh, adventure games. It's someone who will listen to me talk about them. <laughs> uh, it's not just me on my own this time. <laughs> um, well, so, it is a great subject to talk about. So. Exactly. I could literally be here for hours, but no, I'll, I'll, I'll let you. Hopefully, it won't be that long. But um, so well, otherwise, of, they can uh, they can listen to our ramblings at one and a half speed, right? Exactly. So if if we do go on a long time, you can speed up, and you know we can. <laughs> we could be here six hours. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think we some we'll of us be, have to work. We'll we'll be the Christopher McQuarrie of adventure uh, game <laughs> podcasting. Yes, yes, I, I remember that. He actually beat the record uh, this year or last year those, with, uh, yeah. with the Empire podcast. So, well, we'll see. Maybe we can those beat that amazing. record. Yes, no, I yeah, really love them. <laughs> yeah. um, well, a- anyway, I wanted to know, since it's the first uh, episode with you, I was wondering if you could very briefly introduce yourself so that people listening can know who you are. And then we can talk about their favorite adventure games. Of course. Uh, well, my name is uh, Thomas Bex. I am uh, originally from the Netherlands, where I lived in uh, most of my life in a beautiful city called Breda. And I can highly recommend anyone to visit that lovely city. And I moved in 2017. I moved to Belfast, where I lived for almost a year. And then I moved to Galway, um, Ireland, um, where I now work for a large company as a quality analyst um, for a uh, for a call center, and um, when I'm not doing that, I'm usually either watching movies or reading books or playing role playing games or board games or play adventure games on the computer. Very nice, kind of kind of similar to to me then I think because uh, I've been although I think uh, you've probably been playing adventure games a little bit longer than I have um, because I I started. Kind of a bit late. I played my first adventure game in about nine. I think it was two thousand. <laughs> so I'm a bit of a newcomer. Uh, how long have you been playing adventure games? If my my parents bought a Commodore sixty four in nineteen eighty four eighty five, and that came with a small cassette tape with games. There there were I think ten or fifteen games on that tape, and one of them was called Murder in the Flat. I was basically moving around a flat trying to find the murderer, and you moved around by pressing the N for North and the S for South. So it was very early text adventure game, and that had me 
completely fascinated and um, I was basically started collecting adventure games. I, I, I was playing a lot of games, but uh, as many adventure games as possible. And, and later on that exploded when, of course, uh, games like Maniac Mansion uh, were released on the uh, on the Commodore 64, Zack McCracken and the Alien Mindbenders and, and stuff like that. And then moved on to PC with the Golden Age of Shera and uh, Lucasfilm games, uh, which became LucasArts and, and, and stuff. So I basically grew up with uh, with the genre of adventure games. And, well, I play games because of the story. I think story is the most important thing for me to enjoy a game. So adventure games and also role-playing games are the best examples of that, is my opinion. Well, yeah, no, I have to agree with, with you there. Um, it must be an exciting time to be actually playing those games when they were released because I played them much a long time after. But yeah, I remember playing the Commodore 64, but I played mostly, I think it was football games with my friends. And although I remember it took so long to load the games that we would go outside and play football. Exactly. (laughs) But we would go outside (laughs) and play football and then forget about the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes it took forever to, uh, to load, uh, to load some games, but it was worth it. And, Especially, you know, with 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 the um, uh, with the point and click adventure coming up with Lucasfilm, I, I remember uh, friends who had a Commodore Amiga, which was a fantastic machine, and then um, Monkey Island 2 came out, and it came at 15 floppy disks. But we loved that game, so we were just we just playing along and just constantly swapping disks just just so you can uh, see how the story went and. and yeah, that was that was adventure gaming back in the early '90s. So uh, later on, of, of course, with large, uh, larger uh, capacity and hard disks, uh, it became a lot easier. But there were a lot of um, interesting things happening in that genre, and I've always been in love with that genre. So yeah, yeah, not s- similar with, with with me. I mean, it, again, it's a bit later. I played them on the CD-ROM. I remember there was. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the longest journey that came in about four CD ROMs when it was first or or or, so, or something you know like that. I had to keep you know changing as well. But yeah, my first game I think I mentioned in the intro episode was Broken Sword that I had yeah, I had, I had no it, it's a good game to start off with. I had no idea what it was about at the time. You know, I'd never played an adventure game at the time, but I just saw the game. And I think I got that along with Broken Sword 2, The Smoking Mirror, and I just you know, put it in, and I started playing it. And then I was just blown away. I, thought, I was like, oh, my God, you can, as you mentioned, the story, that, you know, it was it had everything. You know, it had the conspiracy, the or explosion at the beginning, then the Knights Templar, and then the characters and the dialogue and the graphics. And, and then I just, like yourself, had, you know, began collect adventure games. So I wanted games like it. So the next game I played was The Smoking Mirror. And then I found uh, LucasArts games, the Monkey Island games, and Days of Tentacle, and Sam and Max. And oh. then at the time, The Longest Journey. And then Siberia, Siberia 1 and 2, which uh, did yes. come out. Which, uh, so Siberia gave, uh, gave a, a welcome uh, boost to the adventure genre when it was yes. practically dead. So Siberia and Broken Sword basically kick-started the new renaissance that we're in full swing right now. Yes, I agree. And I, I think uh, Longest Journey came out at around the same time as well, because 1999, 2000, around that time as well. And 
Uh, and again, I, I think I, was, I missed out one. Uh, sorry, the the longest journey came out at around the same time in 1999, 2000, I believe. Yeah. And again, I was blown away with with the story with um you know first of all when you're in Ar- arcadia uh to, and then when you go into the, the fantasy world i forget to get the name now and i can't believe I, uh, i've never pl- i've never played that one but i oh, I you've got never, it. oh. recently i uh, Ooh, yeah i would recommend well, this you know uh, oh definitely i bought it recently but i've never i've not come around to playing yet because now mm. with with gog and steam it is so easy to pick up all those old classics, and I'm I'm basically reliving my childhood by replaying those old games, but also getting to finally play the games I couldn't play back then either because I couldn't get them in the Netherlands, or um, they were too expensive. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's fantastic what they're doing with these old games, and uh, yeah, it, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. I replayed I replayed Day of the Tentacle a few months ago just to because I had very fond memories of that game. Um, and I was replaying it, and I just I, I'd forgotten about sixty percent of it, and it was even better than I remembered because that is still one of the best games ever made. Not even best adventure games, but just one yes, of the best yes. games ever made. So yeah, that is it's a pleasant surprise to uh, to be able to uh, to retrace my steps of my youth and, and and replay those games. Yes, and did you play the remastered version that was released? Yeah. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah, is, is, that, version. And is is that better than the original, or is that just as good? Do you think it was worth it to make the remastered version? Because I have not played it yet. I have it in my library. I've played a few remastered versions of games, like also the remastered version of the that's the 25th anniversary version of Ga- of the first Gabriel Knight. And um, if if done well, then the remastered versions are better versions of the originals because they they just right better suited for the current machines as well. Um, and I must say the Gabriel Knight series has always been a, f- a particular favorite of mine. And I, I, I really like the second one, Beast, the Beast Within. Mm-hmm. Um, that one is, is definitely for me, top five of best adventure games ever made um, because of the, well, because of the story. Uh, I absolutely love that story. And I really hope in the future we might get a new, um, new Gabriel Knight because we recently got a new Larry, so why not a new Gabriel Knight? Exactly. The and I know that Jane Jensen worked on the remaster of Gabriel Knight a few years ago, and uh, and and yeah, no, it would be great because especially when Gabriel Knight three ended on a cliffhanger, <laughs> and that actually for for I mean I love all three games, but for for me if I had to be pushed, and I know that is probably the most lined but for me it would be the Gabriel Knight 3 I just really really love the story in in that game I never game. finished and that one I started it but I never finished it Oh really again I'd recommend it again I know people have um have complained about the controls that they found it difficult which I can understand I found it difficult at the beginning but then once I was able to use the controls I thought why why don't more games use this control it's it's you know when you move the camera just straight on and I thought wow this is this is amazing you can move the camera you know, everywhere, and um, uh, but but I really loved the story, and I played that game actually then before the Da Vinci Code came out. So when I read the Da Vinci Code, I thought, oh, I've already I know this story. I've already <laughs> played it in Gabriel Knight. So, um, so <laughs> well, except the, for vampires. <laughs> I really, really, really want to go to Neuschwanstein in Germany yes, because of yes. because of Gabriel Knight too. Uh, that uh, I was not aware of that castle, weirdly enough. 
Um, no, neither was that, I. That game set me on. I actually saw the Ring des Nibelungen, the first one, the opera, uh, years later, and uh, it was all because of uh, of Gabriel Knight. Because the, yeah, I, I just love wow. that. <laughs> absolutely love that game. Uh, I must say, if you go to the Ring des Nibelungen as your first ever opera. I would suggest to reconsider because four and a half hours is <laughs> quite a long sit. I would I would go with a lighter a lighter first experience, but uh, it, it was it was worthwhile anyway. Yeah, no, definitely that can be a, a long time. I think for for anything particular with with opera if it's your first one, but but yeah, no, I'd love to go go there as well. And I loved how in particular Jane Jensen she merged you know fact and fiction and the history and then she added her own her own part to it as well and that you weren't really sure okay which is fact which is fiction now then of course it becomes you know we know what is fiction you know when werewolves are <laughs> introduced but yeah. uh but but no i thought it was a, a really master you know storytelling uh in, in that game you know I, pl- I played those games you know later you know after i played the broken sword games and i wanted to find similar games and gabriel knight came up mm-hmm. So that's when I bought those games because, um, because I start I started uh, with the Broken Sword games and then the Lucas Arts games and then I I started playing the Sierra games. Uh, but that was again even later as I was an adult at that stage, <laughs> and uh, I still enjoyed yeah. them. Uh, still enjoy you know some of them. But yeah, I do think that Gabriel Knight is probably one of the. Is it a, it might be is it as a series? I think it might be my favorite overall or one of them anyway. But, oh yeah, definitely. The, the yeah, characters think, are so yes. intriguing as well, and 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 well dri- well written and well drawn. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the Gabriel. Oh man, I would love, love, love to see a new Gabriel Knight and yeah. see what what they can come up with. Uh, and especially now that that the world is way more open to that kind of storytelling of the supernatural yes. storytelling. You know, and back in the nineties, it was for us nerds to uh and, and geeks to 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 really dive into that uh but nowadays you know half the half the shows on tv are about superheroes mm-hmm. or supernatural stuff or whatever so the world is 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 more ready than ever for these kind of stories so yeah bring it yeah, on e- man there's, there's even a t- there's even a tv series i've never watched it but a tv series called supernatural <laughs> so. oh yeah it's, it's only been going for 15 seasons i think exactly so th- this <laughs> clearly a, great, a market for it yeah and, it's a great um, show well, hopefully, I, I I live in hope, you know. I, I I you know when I saw the remake of Gabriel Knight, you know we got that. We got the new Legion Suit Larry game. We've got a new King's Quest game, which I don't think it did terribly well, but they still made it. And you know, yeah, but that was so, I think um, more in the uh, Telltale style, right? I think so. I, I still haven't played it, but yeah, um, me neither. But but yeah, from what I read, I don't think it sold particularly well, so I don't believe. I think it's an Activision that I'm not sure if they're interested in continuing with that, but um, but but yeah, but no, definitely I would love an, another or, you, or even any other game from Jensen would be very nice. But do you, do you have a particular favorite game of all time, or would that be Gabriel Knight, uh, The Beast Within? Um, that one would certainly be uh, be very uh, very high on the list. Um, Besides that, absolutely the Monkey Island series, mm-hmm. um, which is just brilliant. Um, and uh, maybe it's 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 not. I shouldn't say this out loud, but I I really 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 like the third one. 
Yeah, me too, actually. That was, <laughs> that was my first of the Monkey Island games. Yeah. It was the first uh, game that I played, and then I played the first two, but I, I love all three of them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. And that was that was funny because I remember playing those, as I said, back in the uh, old Commodore Amiga days. But I remember playing those and taking a really long time playing them. Uh, but when I replayed Monkey Island 1, I was actually done pretty quickly. <laughs> but like, <laughs> oh, really? They're not they're, they're not as hard, at, at least that one was not as hard now as it was back then. Um, right. Um, and also... I played the remastered version of that one as well, and I think they streamlined it even more. And Lucasfilm, also, yeah. of course, always had the um, the policy that they didn't want, you know, uh, the player to die or to be stuck or whatever. Mm-hmm. While Shera was was literally the king of that. I mean, <laughs> if you if you didn't know how to uh, how to save your game, you would. Yeah, would, there were so many ways to die. Oh, oh, oh I learned that. Yeah. <laughs> in the King's Quest games and the Space Quest oh. games, I, I learned to save early and save the police often. quest. Yes. <laughs> in the police quest, in the first police quest, you, you, the, one of the first thing you do is you, you come at the at the station, you exit your car, or no, you go to your to your police car, you get in the car, and the game stops because you forgot to inspect your car. <laughs> Start over. Yeah, it it was what brutal. <laughs> But it was great. But no, like like that that was a, a prime example of that. You can you can take anything and make it into a, a an adventure game as long as the story is good. Because that was just all real based on realism and and real life uh, cases. There was nothing uh, supernatural or made up about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as as long as these as these stories are great, uh, I'm I'm willing to play it. I played a um, a little mm-hmm. um, adventure game last year called uh, Tango the Adventure Game about the um, uh, the master of Tango. Um, I'm f- I have to think of his name. Um... Oh yeah, Carlos Gardel was his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, it it felt like it was only like the first chapter of the game. So, uh, but nice. it, uh, I had long, a lot of fun playing it. So uh, that's that's another one. I hope they uh, they get to do a, a sequel to. But as long as the story is good and the the gameplay is 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 working fine, then you can play any uh, anything into a uh, into an adventure game. Yeah, no, that's that that's true. I mean, you just need to look at you know the Wajedi games, you know, either developed oh, by fantastic. Dave Gilbert. Uh, uh, just just recently, um, I think you know, unavowed, you know, which I've already spoken about uh, a, a lot, you know, and just the, the story was. Yeah, but uh, that game uh, deserves to be spoken about a lot. Yes, not absolutely, because I'm, I, I'm not usually into urban fantasy. You know, I don't read any urban fantasy. Not anything against it, but I just it's just not I'm just not into it. You know, either in books or whatever. But then mm-hmm. with on un, with unavowed, you know, and I I just absolutely love the story. I think it was also the characters. That you really cared yeah. about, but but definitely you know keep shouting about it from the the hilltops. But then, then before we go on about the best our favorite games of 20, 2018, I uh, just wanted to mention mm-hmm. there was another game that I've just recently finished that I, I wanted to give a shout out to because it's it's an indie game and I, and I really hope it's not it's not you know like under the radar people play it. It's called Rainswept. I think I told you about this. Uh, before you mentioned it, yeah, yeah, I mentioned it when we were chatting. It so rain swept. So it's a detective game as well. Now it's one guy, uh, Armin Sandu is, is his name, and he, he wrote an article on on Reddit about how he quit his job and he 
then just moved into his parents' house, and then he just put all his resources, all the money into making the best game he could, and how he overcame all the challenges and obstacles. And uh, so, so in in the game, you know, you play as a detective, Michael Stone, that there is an apparent murder suicide of a couple, and the local police just want to just clear it, you know, say no, nope, murder suicide, and the local said that the couple had issues, but the detective wants to investigate to see what actually happened. So you do yeah. t- talk to suspects, you talk, or well, not suspects, but the locals. And I love the dialogue. And then the interesting thing about that game is that as you play as a detective, as you find out more about the couple, you then play in flashbacks as uh, one of the, you know, the guy that, that, that was killed, as, as Chris. Um, and you get to you know, play as when he first met the girl and then how when they first start going out, first start dating, first getting to know each other. And, and then and then they build up to that moment when they both die. So you get to know those characters as well. They're not just, you know, oh, characters nice. that are killed. So they're not just plot devices. They come across as, you know, real people. And then the third part of the story is that we find out more about the backstory of Michael Stone as well. As he investigates more, it brings back memories that he has that he's trying to forget. And he has a tendency to just collapse at the most inopportune moments, <laughs> you know, when he's interrogating suspects and then he has sort of a memory. I don't want to say too much. I don't want to give anything away, but he then just collapses. And even like the suspect is like, are you okay, detective? <laughs> and, um, but I, I really, really enjoyed the game and, you know, the, you know, the gameplay as well. Okay. You know, it's, if you're too like challenging puzzles, then maybe it's not a game for you. But it, you know, plot-wise, it does talk about some challenging topics. You know, like well, murder and suicide and depression, yeah. but in a very sensitive that, manner. Uh, so yeah, that's a bit of a trend I'm 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 seeing right yes. now in, in these adventure <laughs> games is that the, the 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 focus is no longer on these the the complexity Comedy. of the puzzles necessary. But more on the complexity of the story, which yes. I am definitely happy about. Um, I'm, I, Me too. I, yes, I can remember puzzles that were practically unsolvable if if you didn't know how what to do. Especially Shara had, had a good hand in that. But uh-huh. um, <laughs> nowadays, it's it's more like they want to keep the uh, the story going, so they don't make the puzzles too complex. Um, there are always exceptions, of course. I mean, uh, you already mentioned the Oberdin. That that is a very, very complex, uh, complex wow. game. But uh, <laughs> that is part. Of, yeah, that is part of the whole gameplay, of course. Um, it's not a it's not a very typical point and click adventure in that in that way. But I do I do notice a trend there, and I also notice a trend of um, merging point and click adventures with uh, visual novels. I've played mm-hmm. a few of those. Uh, which is also something I like. Um, uh, there's a lot of in- very interesting stuff going on in the adventure world right now, and it's it's great to uh, to be uh, up close and personal with that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. No, I, I do think we're in another golden era, uh, and I don't say that lightly, but Absolutely. I do think that some of the developers nowadays that 20, 30 years late, you know, from now, we will be speaking about them like we speak about... Uh, you know, Ron Gilbert, Tim Schafer, Jane Jensen, or close, you know, like yeah. Dave Gilbert. Um, I think Francisco Gonzalez is another one, Lucas Pope of Oberton. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are countless others who I'm kind of forgetting, but there's 
there's, there's a lot of good adventure games uh, coming out. Even, you know, Telltale, which I know that people, uh, some of them don't like, but I always love the stories. You know, what the yeah. gameplay, I do agree, could have been a bit different. It could have mixed it up a little bit more. Um, and I, I think I was reading some interviews with some former employees that they were talking about how that they were told to stick to the formula with that gameplay and that now some of them are creating their own company and they want to go back mm-hmm. to the early days and where they were at their most creative, which is great. Uh, yeah. But I always love the stories in the Telltale games, you know, whether it was Batman or The Walking Dead in particular. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, Game of Thrones. My, f- and- my first one was The Wolf Within. Yes, another one, very good one. And and uh, the power of storytelling there was um, I played this for the first time at a at a friend's house. I had uh, I I knew of The Walking Dead, but I had never really played a Telltale game. So he gave me the controller of his Xbox, and he said, "You have to play this. This is great." So that was The Wolf Within. I hadn't I'd never heard of Fables uh, or whatever, but I, I just started playing. And in The Wolf Within, you play Big B Wolf or the Big Bad Wolf because all the mm-hmm. fairy tale characters are displaced and they live in New York now. It's a bit like Once Upon a Time, but better way better and um you have this option where you're um breaking up or you're getting into a fight with a a bit of a nasty character and you have the option to continue fighting or stop so i continued fighting and then again continue fighting or stop so i continued fighting and then says (laughs) tear off his arm or stop and i was like i'm gonna tear off his arm and i felt so bad about that i felt yeah. so bad about that that i finished the game immediately started again so i could get to that point and make a different decision because man i was like what the hell and and uh, yeah that was that was such powerful storytelling to me just a simple thing like that mm-hmm. that that made me want to go back and change my decision because i felt really bad about the decision i made it also made me buy all the fable books uh, which are me too actually absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I, I love them. I love the comics. And again, I didn't think uh, I would. I mean, because I didn't think that, you know, like a comic about these fairy tale characters. Because at first I thought, oh, this is probably a children's story. Not that there was anything wrong with that, but I thought, no. Oh, but no way. No. no, this is not for children. But, no way. But, this is, but this I, is 16 plus. Oh, absolutely. And But but again, I, I love, you know, that story. And just think about the choices and the decisions that can make because i know people say that oh the decisions the choices don't matter overall but i think even then as you mentioned with the character you feel bad if you make certain decisions yeah they then to me. go back <laughs> no absolutely to to me and similar in, in the walking dead when i first played season one and just right at the very beginning uh there's this character that is uh well a walker as it's called a zombie that you can you know they're trying to eat the uh, clementine so then you as Lee have yeah. to try and protect her. You then, uh, well, kill the zombie, if you will. You know, you can bash her over the head. And now they keep, you know, gurgling. So you have to hit them again. And then you have a choice again. Do you continue hitting them or do you just stop when when they stop moving? But you can continue hitting up until, you know, that there is no head, there is nothing. And it just unleash <laughs> all your frustrations or you can, you know, step back. Um, and just you know, thing, things like that throughout throughout the game, um, like that. So um, so so yeah. So then I wanted to to ask you then because I know uh, you write for GamingOutsider.com. Is that correct? Yeah, the GamingOutsider.com. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you also have appeared on their podcasts as well, haven't you? Yeah, I um, if I reviewed a new game for them, and usually they are uh, adventure games or role playing games, mm-hmm. then. Um, 
we record a short segment and they add it to the uh, to the show. Oh, yeah, very good. Because so, so... they they record in Rockford, Illinois, and they record for what for us is in the middle of the night, so it's not. <laughs> but I I have been a guest host for one uh, for one episode when I was very visiting good. visiting them in Chicago. So. Okay, so so you kind of know how this this goes then, because I'm I'm just starting out here. Right? <laughs> um, oh, for but... me, it's it's I've been I've been listening to podcasts for quite a while now, and even that I was I, I thought I was late to the party, but uh, <laughs> the, the the other thing is is something I'm just also starting to uh, to get into, and uh, I, I I'm really liking it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, me too. So, so basically, I'm st- stealing you or borrowing you from that podcast. <laughs> but um, that's okay. Uh, no, though you can you can go. I can allow you to go back to them. <laughs> um, oh, that's that's so, good to know. I'll, I'll I know. Scott. Very, he'll, uh, I know. Very, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure they're so worried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, um, so yeah. So you you wrote an article which was your personal favorite games of of 2018. So I just wanted to go through. I yeah. think we agree on probably mostly. Do you want to go through at least with the adventure games? Do you want to go through? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you want to go through the top. Your top. Well, we can say your top five adventure games if you if you know that, or top three, whichever you prefer, whichever. I made a top ten, and it, it okay, we can do that then. For, yeah, but it, it consists for several other games as well. But the adventure games oh, that I mentioned in this was, uh, as an honorable mention, I already mentioned the uh, Tango the Adventure Game. Tango, uh, yeah, I still have to play that. Yeah, it's it's a it's a fun one. Uh, the uh, Leisure Suit Larry Wet Dreams Don't Dry made okay. my uh, made my list at number nine. Um, okay. Have you played that one already? No, I still have to play that as well. <laughs> I. I'm actually kind of surprised because the first one I heard about it, I was thinking, you know, oh, because the previous new Leaders of Clary games were not good. And I thought, oh, no, this is going to be, you know, again, probably not, not good. But then when it came out and it got very good reviews, so I thought, okay, maybe I should give this a chance. Um, oh, yeah, you but- definitely should because they really managed to capture the spirit of Larry and get him because he's he's basically a dinosaur you know his his pupils yes. are from the 70s and 80s but they 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 literally pluck him from his time and put him in the 20th cent in the 21st century and um he's trying to adapt and be, and be less of a dinosaur and they they milk a lot of comedy from that uh, so yeah I can, that's probably I can definitely a good a good idea because i was just trying to think how would you know, Larry work in the 21st century. You know, in, it's in a the whole Me Too, you know, uh, Me Too movement. Of, yeah. because, I mean, I mean he's a product of his time, but yeah, that sounds interesting, actually. So he, He's still a product of his time, but he's, <laughs> he's desperately trying to adapt, and it's really funny. And, and one, one also really funny joke is uh, at the start of the game, uh, you walk into because you you started Lefty's bar, but then Lefty's bar in 2018. But you walk in, and above the bar is still the same pixelated uh, uh, <laughs> woman that you also see in Larry One, in the original Larry One, so not even the remake, the original Larry One, <laughs> the, the pixelated version, and if you click on it, he says, still the most beautiful woman in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm kind of curious now. I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe I should try try this game out then. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun, and it looks great, and it plays, uh, it plays great, and it left me wanting some more of this of this Larry. I was hoping the game would, would be even longer than it than it than it was. I played, yeah. I think, twenty five hours or so. Now, of course, I'm an experienced ex- adventure gamer, so uh, a lot of things I can 
be a bit quicker at, but it left yeah. me want some more Larry. Okay, that's, that sounds good, then. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, I have a... Um, the next one was... My number eight was uh, a goal, a game called Chalk. Uh, you Chalk. spell it F- uh, T-S-I-O-Q-U-E. And, okay. Um, yeah, that's an, uh, that's an indie one. Where I've you heard play, it, yes. Yeah, you play the princess Chalk, and she's trying to escape the castle because uh, her mother, the queen, is out um, out for the war. And the evil wizard has taken over the castle and she's trying to escape his clutches. And now this is one of those, this one actually has a few tough puzzles in there, but also a few arcade elements. I I was not overly fond of that, Mm. but uh, overall the game is really, really good. And it's one of those games where when you get to the end, it makes you see the entire game in a new light because of what happens in the the twist uh, at the end. And it's really well done. It's hand-drawn animation. It looks great. Uh, it's 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 a it's a fairy tale. My only uh, thing is that it, it's it's short. It's I think you can play it in like four or five hours, um, uh-huh. but it's definitely worth playing. So yeah. Okay. Another game I must is that, is that the developer's first game or did so it's my own no studios and smile. I see. I think did, did they make any other games before? I Do you know think- or? I think they had a previous game. Yeah, I think that was also a um, a point and click adventure, and I think I bought that one as well and um, on Steam because I wanted to play it. it. It has a very distinct style, and while the uh, the chalk is uh, game is is also very distinct in its style, it's more like a a fairy tale style, like a children's book, and the other one was more like. It had to do with uh, with insanity and stuff like that. So it had a very uh, um, more style like Geiger, you know, uh, mm. stuff like that. Now I'm, I'm trying to remember the name. Um, so I'm, I'm secretly uh, quickly looking into uh, my uh, Steam account <laughs> to see if I can find the name in there. And oh, I have don't worry, I know, I know I've. Oh, uh, tell me about it. But I know it's, I put you on the spot there, so, so don't worry. No, I'm just reading about it, and just the the game looks beautiful. I think I remember seeing oh, yeah. a trailer yeah. of it. Um, but there's so many games to get through, you know, that is so hard. And then new games are constantly it's, being it's crazy. being released. And and again, as I mentioned, a lot of them are most of them. They look good. That you know, even nowadays with the tools and. That is just one guy, as I mentioned with Rainswept, is just mainly just one guy just living in a quit his job, made the game. Yeah. And it was, you know, fantastic, at least for me. And it's and you know, I was very pleasantly surprised at just how good it was, how much I enjoyed it. So yeah. uh, Chalk again is another one that I have to Yeah, and the, uh, the other game from uh, Ono Studios is called Tormentum Dark Sorrow. I've heard and, of it. Yeah, I have it. Uh, it looks absolutely bonkers. It is like uh, a nightmarish work of H.R. Geiger. Um, <laughs> so I still have so it's to. It's kind of uh, different then, is is it? It's yeah, it's style-wise well, completely different. Yeah. but I'm expecting it uh, to be just as compelling. Okay, so that's number well, the, eight. Sorry, yeah, eight. go ahead. Yeah. Uh, number seven is another um, point-and-click adventure. It's one of those uh, visual novel point-and-click hybrids, and it's mm-hmm. um, the the first game by Homebear Studio, and it's called Nairi Tower of Shirin, and it really looks like a um, a children's book, 
mm-hmm. um, it's very cutesy. It's got anthropomorphized animals and and, um, and a very uh, uh, unique mythology. And the thing here is what surprised me is that it looks all cutesy and uh, and, and and fun and for kids, but it's actually quite a dark story. Um, so that's one of those. Uh, trends we're seeing right now in 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 adventure gaming that um, it's it's not all cute and this this is more like an Arabian Night esque um, mm-hmm. game where you play um, uh, Nairi who is uh, um, uh, abducted by a group of uh, of cats <laughs> and she has okay. no idea why <laughs> and she has to escape and uh, she has to I find mean, her cats way back. Cats can be to terrifying. The... <laughs> yeah. Well, these these are actually quite nice because they um, she she becomes part of the gang, you know. Okay. And eventually, they help her get back to the uh, to the city, and uh, you discover uh, what is going on and a whole um, mythology and, and and mystery behind uh, behind everything going on in in the city and the Tower of Shirin. And I I really enjoyed it, especially when I found out later. That um, I because I used to work for a university in the Netherlands and we had a game academy and it turned out that these two guys were students there um, at the time that I worked there and this was their first game so I was uh, not only very impressed by their work but I was also also quite proud of what they've done because I uh, well we don't have that many Dutch um, uh, game designers game developers so mm. uh, I wanted to give them some kudos for that. Uh, um, but not that that influenced my my review. The game itself yeah, course, is yeah. is great. It's it's um, very fun. Uh, yeah, it felt also like a part one because it ends in a cliffhanger, and I'm like, oh man, I really hope they make a part two because I want to know how this goes, how this ends. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 kind of very risky ending a game, especially on a cliffhanger, because you don't know how it's you know how it's going to do. But as we've discussed with Gabriel Knight Three, that we're still waiting twenty years later. Hopefully, yeah. we won't have to wait twenty years for this. But no, that's another game that I'm. And so, is it a? How long did it take you to play the game, more or less? Um, let me see. This one took me, and there were. It was in general not a very difficult game, but there were two puzzles that got me stumped. So eventually, it took me fourteen hours, according to Steam, to play okay. through it. So okay. that was pretty so, decent. That was pretty yeah, decent. no, long enough, especially nowadays. It's yeah, good, because good that is something I'm, I'm I'm wondering. I would like your uh, your your uh, your view on this because maybe it's it's I remember it incorrectly, but uh, I remember from from playing these kind of games that they would take me hours and hours mm-hmm. to play, like forty, fifty, sixty hours to play. And nowadays it seems like it's it's more between four hours and fifteen hours or something. Uh, have these games become? shorter or are we just better at them or is that is that a different trend that's happening right now i th- i think maybe a little bit of both but no, i think that they are definitely shorter i think um with the, as we talked with telltale with the whole episodic nature of games uh, uh what, what i see is that they make games that are indeed shorter they say like four or five hours long and then you know release episode two three four and five so overall it might be what 10 15 20 hours but uh, I, I I think you know also like we we are now we're older we can think we're better at games or we've played so many adventure games that you know we can only really do them in our in our sleep. Um, yeah. But no, that 
or some of them at least anyway, maybe not Oberdin as we'll talk about later. <laughs> but um but no, I think definitely games are generally speaking shorter. I, I think also because uh, I, I spoke with, I think it was with Francisco Gonzalez in episode one, that nowadays there are so many games being made that uh, that you have to kind of stand out. And I think what a lot of people want now is, you know, kind of a quick, easy game, because a lot of people who play adventure games are probably in their maybe mid-late 20s, early 30s and later. Uh, so maybe we don't have as much time now. So a lot of people just want to play short games, like you know, like a Telltale game that was two hours, or game that's four or five hours long, and then finish it. And we don't have. Also, I think nowadays because we can get a walkthrough so easy, you know, we can either go on YouTube or uh, you know find a walkthrough if we're stuck in a puzzle. Yeah, that's we true. Can, whereas before, you know, you literally have to you know ring up a helpline, you know, for Monkey Island or King's Quest, and you know that would take longer. I couldn't even do that. We- we didn't yes. have those helplines in the Netherlands. <laughs> no way my, my parents would allow me to call to England to find a clue about a computer game. So <clears throat> I was completely relying on, on, on magazines, hoping mm, that someone well. had written in with the same question and they would answer it. Otherwise, it would sometimes even mean that you couldn't finish the game because you had no idea how to proceed. Exactly, that you'd have to wait I think, for a mag- monthly magazine to come. With, they would have, I think, hints or walkthrough for a certain yeah. section to the game, especially and, for uh, the more obscure, uh, obscure ones. I mean, the the Shara games, they they mm-hmm. wouldn't get uh, like these uh, walkthrough books eventually, where you could buy the big book of Space Quest and have uh, have the Space Quest one, two, and three complete walkthroughs in there. But uh, uh, that was only for the big ones, not even yes. for the for the for the little ones. Yes, no. All I can say is that I am glad that I. To my shame, I did use walkthroughs for the Sierra game, for King's Quest and for Space Quest, because I was like... Do not be ashamed about that, because there are some puzzles (laughs) in there that are impossible to to predict. And sometimes you just don't want to linger on one of those puzzles, because you just want to continue. Yeah, because now, now, as I mentioned, now as we get older, time is scarce as well. You know, I still love playing adventure games, but I don't have the time that I had when I was a teenager or even when I was in university. And I thought, oh, I really like, you know, because I I did kind of similar with Obra Dinn, which we'll talk about later, and I'll keep saying that. But again, for King's Quest again, what I enjoyed most of the games, there were just some puzzles that were like, but what, 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 how could you possibly think of this? Who designed, who came up with this? And I was like, Roberto Williams, what, 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 what happened? Yeah. What were you on when you were coming up with these puzzles? And I say, with Space Quest, with the first game, <laughs> yeah. I, I died in the first three seconds. <laughs> I think, I think I just went to the to the left, and I think I was killed. And I was like, yeah, okay, I think I need just to help me, just to nudge me uh, forward. But I see some games now that they have in-game hint system that they can nudge you in the right direction, which I think is a good way to to go so that people don't have to get out of games and then go to a walkthrough or, or a YouTube video now and maybe spoil the game. But um, Yeah, yeah, that, that was introduced later in uh, the first adventure games. They didn't have that. You could you could yeah. type in help, but it would have no, uh, no effect. <laughs> they, they wouldn't help. So, okay, so that was Nairi Tower of Shirin. Uh, sounds interesting yes. again. So uh, what, what was your next adventure game that you had then in the list? The next adventure game on my list is number four, and that is Lamplight City. Ah, uh, yes. I've, I've already spoken about this. Uh, I gave a, 
you know, my own kind of review about an episode one as well. So do people know what I think who've listened? So what, what, what do you think about the game? What did you like about it then? Oh, I loved it. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of steampunk, so I really love the atmosphere and um, the whole the whole concept, the whole setup, and the fact that if you make mistakes, it has consequences for the rest of the story because you might not be able to point, to pick the correct murderer, or you mm-hmm. might not be able to to solve a crime, which might not which might not enable you to uh, solve the entire story. <clears throat> I found that really really interesting. And um, I played it, um, I finished it, and I, I made all the correct decisions eventually. But, um, yeah, I, I, I really loved it. I loved the, the, the style. I loved the fact, uh, the, the supernatural element that you're a, a police officer and your partner mm. is the ghost of your former partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that actually is, about it. Yeah, and he is, like, annoying, but because he <laughs> has to be annoying. Not because he's an annoying character, but you know, in the game, it 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 it's it's his role also to be to be that uh, for a bit. So he was entertainingly annoying, if you if you understand what I mean. No, d- definitely, you know, I play, well, I, t- I think you know he he was dead, so you know he could say, yeah, I'm annoying, but that's because I'm dead. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, but, this yes, this, uh, this game fits so perfectly in 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 the current uh, golden age of uh, of point and click adventures and. Not just point and click adventure, but um, pixel art point and click adventures. You know that, mm. which I love even more. Uh, so yeah, I I, um, I happily happily played this game, gave it a glowing review. Yeah, but no, it, no, wasn't, I... it wasn't my number one. No, that's what I what I noticed. Even though you've given it a glowing review, uh, it's number four. So um, yeah. So yeah. what what was the next adventure game then? Well, um, the next one is number three. It's not really an adventure game, but it is really story-driven. So I did wanted to mention it. It's, yeah, sure, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's Mutant Mutant Year Zero, Road to Eden. It is based on a uh, tabletop role-playing game from the 90s, and it recently celebrated its, I think, its uh, 30th. Yeah, it's 34 years old now, so it recently celebrated its 30th anniversary. And they uh, they made a um, XCOM-style tactical RPG of it, uh, but story-driven. So uh, you play a a couple of mutants in a party, and um, you walk through uh, post-apocalyptic Sweden, which is already, I mean, how many times (laughs) do you see that? Especially for uh, for Americans, that must be uh, very interesting, because uh, how many Americans can say they've been to Sweden? Um, yeah, if, even for me, you know, post-apocalyptic Sweden, and already I'm like, I'm there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you just uh, the moment you encounter um, uh, opponents, you you get in this turn-based tactical style, and um, and it was I really enjoyed it. It looked great. The story is very compelling, and um, the gameplay was was um, hard. It was challenging. So, uh, but I finished it and I enjoyed it, and I hope we get um, some more uh, chapters in the future because this, even though the story was um, kind of completed, it did leave enough space to get a sequel, and I really hope we get a sequel because I really enjoyed this game. Okay, and do you think that people who play adventure games that they would get something out of it that they would like it? Then you know, would they, or would the? Do you think that people maybe like he's mentioned it's turn-based? like combat would do you think that might put some adventure game players off or should we try it anyway it could be but if you 
if you, for instance, enjoyed the original Fallout One and Two, you're gonna okay. love this. If you enjoyed okay. X, if you enjoyed XCOM, you're gonna love this. Um, okay. If you enjoy story-driven games, I think you're gonna love this. Of course, the, tech, the it's turn-based tactical combat, so it's not relying on reflexes. It's relying on your uh, or your or, yeah on your brain, and um, and a bit of luck, of course. It's based. It is. It, it really is based on a role-playing on, on a tabletop mm. role-playing game, and I felt that the combat. Um, was a good example of how you would do the combat when sitting on the table with your dice and your friends and and trying to do the uh, do this fight in a role playing game. So I think a lot of people who love um, adventure games will get something out of this. And if not, um, you can always yeah, I'd, I'd say check out the trailer, uh, check out the uh, some YouTube videos about it and see if it if it tickles your fancy. Um, sure, yeah, I'll have to check that out again. There's more games for me that I haven't oh, played. <laughs> I know, I know. It's it, it's 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 like oh my god, you know, there's not there are not enough hours in the day. <laughs> no, they're not. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, I know. Okay, that sounds interesting then. Um, so the next next game that's on on the list then. So that that was number three then. Uh, yeah, Mutant uh, Year Zero um, was number three. Yeah. Uh, my number two is Return of the Ober Din. Yeah, actually, we can talk about that. Just, yeah, because I want to talk about that in a bit more detail now after this, uh, because yeah. I think it, it deserves, you know, to talk a bit more about it, uh, because I've just recently oh, finished it absolutely. myself. I so, have not finished it yet. Oh, I've okay. Played it, I've played it along. I've played it for quite a few hours. I'm and uh, I've played it enough to to leave a, a big positive impact on me. So that's sure, why I put yeah, it no, at number two. Absolutely. Uh, it's certainly very original anyway, but we'll go back to that. So first then, what is uh, your number one game of the year or your personal favorite game of 2018? Yeah, that's unavowed. <laughs> Don't think it's any surprise to anybody. That was, that was the easiest one to fill in. Um, unavowed <laughs> le- left such a mark on me. It, it, was, it has the best plot twist i i think i've ever seen in mm-hmm. a in a in an adventure game that that one completely blew me away i did not see that one coming uh so i was thrilled by that and uh, as we said before that the characters are fun the mm-hmm. characters are interesting you really want to hang out with these characters i really hope that uh, dave gilbert after he has enjoyed a well-deserved rest uh, <laughs> will think about a sequel to this game because these characters are I want to hang out with them more. I want to. I want to see more adventures of them. I love the whole concept of um, um, that you meet people like um, along the way, and they become part of the team. And then before you go on a mission, you have to select which people you take on the team, and that influences uh-huh. the way you can finish uh, the game. So it also uh, makes it replayable because now you can say like, "Ooh." Uh, let me try and finish this chapter when I take these two characters instead of these two and see what then then what happens. Even if you already know um, know the storyline and the ending, um, there are multiple aspects to this game that make it so replayable, which is quite unique to an adventure game. Um, I, I I don't know that many adventure games that have that that aspect in it. Do you? Do you? No, I don't. Uh, no, because I know that. So with replayability, with with choices, as we mentioned, you know, with Telltale, with other games. Yeah. But in this particular kind, where even if you know the the story, but you choose different characters, 
and and then the dialogue is completely different as well and we learn a little yeah. bit more about the characters i think this is the only adventure game that i know of i know when i spoke to dave gilbert he mentioned that his inspiration was uh to go to bioware games you know like dragon age and mass effect and i i have to say yeah. I, you know it he pulled it off because uh he you know because and i did i played through it twice and some of the times i played you know when you can choose two characters you know say vicky and eli and then for yeah. the exact same section i would choose vicky and mandana and i thought oh well this is yeah. some of the dialogue is going to overlap but it didn't it was it was different the dialogue the exchange between the two characters even though vicky i chose her twice it was different and we got to know the characters uh more and also yeah, and- they were consistent that you could understand their motivations they didn't just change you never thought what what, yeah. what are they doing <laughs> It is um, such so well written, and the fact that you can choose a different career at the point because I played it through mm-hmm. with the career of the policeman, and yeah, me too. Uh, you can you can you can choose a, a different career, and the game changes accordingly. Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't finished it yet with uh, with a different career, so I don't know exactly if the end if it affects the ending as well. But uh, the way it is written, I can hardly imagine that there must be some influence on there uh, in the way you you play the game if you if you're a bartender an actor or a uh, or a police officer i mean uh, and i love that you see it in role playing games a lot i mean mm-hmm. uh, that is normal in role playing games but not in adventure games and i found no. that so refreshing De- definitely and ah, it's so, so, so well accessible as well it's it's so accessible because this game i could just tell anybody that even if you've never played an adventure game i could i could say yep yeah, you can play unavowed uh, you've never played uh, even a game or an adventure game, you know. Even if I tell it to you know my parents or to friends of mine who don't play games, who don't even know what adventure games are, say you can play this game. I think you'll be able to do it because it's, it's. I mean, it's challenging in a way. I mean, it's not too challenging to put puzzles, but then you know that like you're so engrossed in the story that um, yeah, that you you just want to continue that. And then with, um, I mentioned to Dave as well that one thing I particularly liked was that he plays around with the, what I call demon stereotypes. <laughs> if you, so you know when you first yeah. meet the demon at the beginning that wants to eat Mandana and Eli? And I thought, okay, here we go, this evil demon that you have to kill. But then it turns out that you know he was summoned there by Eli. He needs to eat something. That so he can get back yeah. to his world. He doesn't want to particularly eat them. He said, "Look, it, you can help nowadays. Me. You know, it's not all black and white anymore, and that is exactly. so fantastic. Yeah, and and, uh, and and the plot twist plays into that as well. Uh, absolutely, what you, what you meet along the way, the people you meet along the way, and the way you treat them affect the ending. Again, choices, mm-hmm. the choices you make are of massive influence in how you finish the game. And the the writing in this game is so." So um, utterly amazing. I think I, I, I would love, yeah, I would love to know how we how we did that. I would love to know more about writing specifically for video games. Uh, I, I've written stuff myself. It's mostly short stories mm-hmm. or role playing scenarios, but I would love to get more insight in in how for someone like Dave Gilbert mm-hmm. would write stuff like this. I, I mean, man, it, it, no, this no, game is so well written because he's done it consistently. You know, the Blackwell games and the Shiva as well. And now at this, but it was one interesting thing that he mentioned in our interview and in Adventure X in London as well. He said that when he first started writing the game, that the characters were 
uh, he used the example of uh, Mandana and Eli, that they were, you know, snarky with each other, you know, that they were arguing and, you know, sarcastic and it was, you know, funny. But then he thought, how about I just make the characters nice to each other? And, uh, <laughs> and I thought, yeah, we don't see enough of that in, you know, kind of fiction either, because we, a lot of times that characters are always arguing or snarky to one another. But there was just to give one example, it's earlier on in the game when you're in, uh, you're looking, I think, for for the the the, the ghost. You know, the, the when you well, and I won't say too much more because I don't want to give any spoilers. Yeah. But when she says, um, "Eli, I mentioned that you were kind of scratching your nails or scratching yourself on on the arm," and he said, "Oh, did I?" And she said, "Yes, no, you always do that when you're worried, when you're concerned. So talk to me. What's what's on your mind?" And then they talk, and he said, "Oh, you noticed?" So I was like, "Wow, this is." You know, and just in that just couple of seconds of dialogue, like we could see their relationship that they care about each other, and it makes the characters three dimensional. Yes, it's as and, simple as that. It makes yeah, them fully fleshed characters. And it's so simple, you know. Well, simple, you know that it's not a huge backstory <laughs> moment. It's just a couple of seconds that we can see that the characters care about each other. But then there's funny moments as well, you know. Like my, my personal favorite was. Uh, was Vicky <laughs> that you know I loved her uh, you know her interaction and just as she was a, a no nonsense character <laughs> and um, oh yeah you need one you need one of those in there as well of course yeah uh, when we first uh, meet her as well so okay then so then before we we finish um, so I wanted to talk a bit about Return of the Obra Dinn which was yes. number two for you. So, again, very quickly, I just want to say my favorite games. I won't go too much about them. Uh, so, probably number four for me would be, I think, like yourself, Lamplight City, uh, even yeah. though I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then number three for me would probably be Pillars of the Earth. I don't know if you've played it. No, uh, the I've played it. It's on my wish it's, list. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. When I first heard about that game, I was very concerned and very skeptical because the book is one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, you know, the story and the characters in the book blew me away. So I was thinking, how are they going to do this with a game? Uh, but then once I played it, I thought, <clears throat> okay, they've got this. And play as three different characters. You, pl- you play as, uh, from what I remember, the, the monk, uh, the, and then Jack. And I don't know if you play, it's, it was it was last year, I think, or the beginning of the year when I last played it. So my memory. But then you go through playing these characters in medieval England, and uh, one of the characters, Tom, is looking for work, and he's with you know his family, and then he they're starving, and then they have to uh, you know ultimately build this cathedral. But then in the background, there's a civil war in England, and your characters have to take sides. You know, so you have to make decisions as well as the 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 monk at the beginning. Uh, do you send certain information to your brother and to the bishop? Or do you keep it hidden? And then that has consequences as well. So again, there are like you know choices and consequences uh, in the game. And I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I really loved you know all the characters. Okay, their the source material is good, but I loved what they did was that they kept the same spirit of the book, but it's not exactly the same. They adapted it to an adventure game. And depending on your choices, some of the choices might be different to the book. So one or two characters that yeah. die in the book, uh, depending on their choices, they might survive or they might live in in the game, <laughs> and you know which I found surprising. Right. But um, but I really enjoy again. If you love story, well, it keeps you know, it the fresh, story, you know? 
definitely. Again, I thought, oh, I don't know what's going to happen now. And again, you know, I loved, you know, the character motivations. And I was, uh, I know, you know, because I loved the book, I maybe might be a little bit biased. But again, I thought they did an amazing job. And also because the, especially the background of plot can become a bit complex with the whole civil war and the, the allegiances and that. But they have documents uh, about that. So you can, I, I had to read again the documents say, okay, so what's going on? What's happening? So which king now is after which king and which who's fighting who and that. But, you know, it's it always keeps you in the loop. You know, it doesn't become overwhelming. And I thought they did an amazing job. And again, I hope it doesn't go under the radar. I hope people can try it out and can play it. And uh, I would love to see them make the sequel um, to, to the game. Uh, you know, Ken Fall wrote the sequel as well. And um, so, yeah. So, and then again, my number two would be again Return of the Oprah Din, and number one would be Unavowed, uh, like yourself. Yeah. So then, since you're the the reviewer, um, how, how so? What what can you tell us then about to finish off this conversation? We have uh, Return of the Oprah Din. So, what's the setup of of the game? The the setup is that you are a investigator for the uh, East India Company. And uh, the Oberdin is a merchant ship that uh, was thought lost at sea and years later suddenly reappears in the uh, London Harbour. And you were sent out to investigate and to find out the fates of all the, I think, 60 plus members of the crew and the guests on board. And uh, while it may not sound like a particularly thrilling <laughs> job to be an insurance investigator for the East India Company, I can tell you that when you are um, going in there armed with a gadget that can see the final moments of someone's life, it becomes a hell of a lot more interesting. And um, I can, yeah, this, this is this is one hell of a game. I, I absolutely did not have this game on my radar. It just suddenly no, appeared. It appeared in in GOG and. Mm-hmm. I was immediately intrigued, and I'm like, "What is this?" Because of the uh, the pixel art, and I, I I clicked on it, and I I checked out some screenshots, and I checked out the story, and I immediately bought it, and I'm like, "I need to play this. This is one of those games where you immediately have the feeling that you're looking at something special, that something, yeah, extraordinary is is happening on your screen, and this yeah, this is definitely one of those games, and it is completely." Um, two-dimensional two-color pixel art and you think that how does that work well it works like a charm <laughs> no it, it absolutely i, I agree <laughs> it is no, truly I... unique it it, it it took me maybe a couple of minutes like five to ten minutes to get used to it because mm-hmm. i was not used to it anymore and you can change the style if for instance if you want yes. to see it in the commodore 64 style you can change it <laughs> to that 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 also was like Nice, very well done, very well done. Um, and but once you're used to it, man, this game sucks you in. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. I, I played this, you know, before I realized a couple of hours. I've been a couple of hours, you know, playing the game without realizing. And I thought, oh my god, where did those hours go? Yeah. And I, I thought everything like just again so simple as well because what you just want to know, you know, first of all, what uh, what what happens. Uh, now, when I first started. I didn't really know what what to do because you know when you go on the but you get on the ship when yeah. I was walking around and then I was thinking okay what am I supposed to do am I supposed to click yeah. on things and I then had, I had the same exact same thing I you thought, get no oh you get no help no introduction yeah. you just get <laughs> dropped on the ship 
and just yeah, figure it out. Yeah, oh, okay. so you're you're on your own now. Well, yeah. and then you get to get you to know the what to do. No, and, I don't. Yeah, and now it, they do once you get the I think it's the um, the compass or the stopwatch or where you can see the the last moments of the of the people, and it does yeah. give you some hints at the beginning. You know, it says. Uh, you know, you can see these people in these pictures. You can match them with the, the visions, with the fates. And uh, this is how you do that. And then this is how you do this. But then after that, it's like, okay, now you're on your own. And and I love this, the storytelling. First of all, the story itself, just if it had been linear, it would have been really good as well. That it was a fascinating story. But then you're kind of going backwards. That you know, well, that it didn't end well for these characters, but you're... Then you know you start, you know, when you see the book in the game, and you start in the last chapter, yeah. and then you go backwards, yeah. and then and then you go kind Just, of in the middle at the beginning, depending on which fate you find, and then you go back towards the end. The, the more you get into it, at first you think the story is pretty straightforward. It's already very interesting, but it's like, oh, okay, well we have here like a mutiny or something, or what happened. Yes. And the more you get into it, the more crazy stuff is happening. You're like, <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Where is the story going? I want to know more. Give me more. Yeah. And, and and you're walking around. And, and what I uh, particularly found um, extraordinary was that it's not just um, uh, Lucas Pope has built in everything, everything you can use to find out what these people are. And you might see something in uh, in the scene in the beginning that you might need to identify someone later on. And mm-hmm. um, every chapter starts with. Um, uh, yeah, with a yeah, cut, sort of cutscene. Let me put it like that. Yeah. It's not really like that, uh, but yeah. in the cutscene you have sound, and sometimes you hear uh, you can you can hear uh, male or female voices. You hear the, the language they're speaking. You're like, okay, oh wait, this is Russian. Okay, so this person here must be Russian. Okay, and every detail, every minute thing helps you to uh, to find out who these people are. And uh, as I said, I, I, I didn't finish it yet. I think I got about 25 of the names correct because every time you have three um, entries correct, like the correct name, the correct um, job, the correct death, and the correct killer, I think that's that's it, right? Yes, I th- yeah. yes, yes. And also, yeah. it can it can change because there can be more than one because it be specific. But you know, you can also have different things. So you can say, you know, this person was stabbed with a sword but then yeah. you can also say he was clubbed with yeah. a sword or something and that still sounds correct and it's like okay no fair enough that's that's close to the you know what, what happened yeah. so it's, it's yeah it still gives you the you know it's not extremely pedantic you don't have to be extremely specific uh usually if yeah. you if you can um, get it close to right it will say yeah this is correct this is and then after you say to, to, you get three of them right then you get like an achievement. You go and it felt like, oh, it felt like that is oh, such great. a good feeling, man. <laughs> that is such that it really feels as an achievement because this game is hard. This no, oh, is it is. You yeah. really feel like you're an investigator and you're walking through these scenes and you're walking around and you're look trying to look under and over and maybe you look into some other uh, some other corner or maybe uh, you, now you can can enter a room that that previously you couldn't enter and you see n- a new mm-hmm. hints there and you really feel like like you're you have to be <clears throat> Sherlock Holmes to figure this out. Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I I really enjoy it. Now I do admit that. 
Things like yourself, I got most of the, the faiths eventually, most you know, using deduction. But there were just a few that and I really wanted, and I was beginning to have a headache because I think I'd been a couple of days, and I was like, oh, no. So I did go to a walkthrough, just a hint, you know, just to see, okay, what have I missed, you know, just at the end, because I really yeah. wanted to know the story. And again, I know to my shame, I probably should have continued, but I was so... I, I was so desperate to find out what happened. I was like, no, I can't take it anymore. I, <laughs> I have to find out what happened. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this, because as you say, then when you hear the language, and first of all, you know, there's different ways you can find out. You know, you can see uh, the, you know, the characters, first of all. It's very clear. Even though the graphics are pixel, the, the faces of the characters are very detailed. They're very, yeah. very clear. And you can then compare them with the photographs. And I love as well how at first they're blurry on the photograph, but as you find out more uh -huh. about them, they then it's clear. And then you're like, it's very clear. It's like, okay, you should know who this is. And I'm like, what have I missed? Why don't why don't I know who he is? And yeah. and then in, even in in a scene where there's lots of other characters, uh, just even just walking around, and then you're like, okay, who is this? Okay, now this guy looks important. He's uh, he looks an official. So okay, let's see. He's probably yeah. one of the the, one of the, the officers. Top, one of the officers, things like that. And then the workers. And then there's you know, there's Asians and there's Russians and there's Syrians and Irish and then English. So then at first, you know, when I heard an Irish accent, I thought, yes, okay, he's Irish. And then I saw there's like five Irish people. I'm like, oh, damn it. Now yeah. Crap. <laughs> ah, crap. There goes my theory. Ah. It's just like, okay, it's just yeah, but also out. you... you uh... Because then you see one of the one of the boatsmen or something. He gets killed in like chapter two. And you're like, mm -hmm. mm, yeah, I have no idea who he is. The, yeah. the only thing I can see right here is that he gets uh, he falls overboard or something. And then uh, two chapters later, you see the same guy uh, sitting in a bunk, and you have the the layout of the bunk, and you can see the name of the of the person who is supposed to be in that bunk. And like, oh, that's him! That's him! I got his name now. Okay, cool. Another step closer, you know. Yes, but it yes. takes you it takes you three three or four hours until you get at that point. So <laughs> this so is a game that really rewards uh, tenacity here. Oh, absolutely, patience, tenacity, observation, and then listening to 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 everything. And you know, as you mentioned, you know, just you know, just checking, you know, just looking at their their uniforms and just listening to their accents, their languages, and who else is in the scene, because maybe those characters have nothing to do with the particular scene, with the particular fate, but they're there, and you can still find, oh, this is this character who was there at that time. And as you slowly yeah. begin to figure out what um, what what happened to these people, you know, it's, uh, it kind of gave, because I've always been fascinated with, um, you know, the mystery of the Marie Celeste. Uh, so this kind of reminded me of that. So that Marie Celeste is... Like like this, it's a ship that had, uh, it was in the 1800s, and then the passengers just disappeared. That they were, uh, from what I remember of the story, that they were about to have, you know, something to eat and working as normal, but then they just disappeared without a trace, and nobody knows what happened. That uh, they found the ship just floating by itself, and there's all sorts of wild theories, because there's no evidence of a struggle or a fight. So, um, oh, so not like mysteries. this. <laughs> So, so again, so... And it, oh, there are um, plenty, plenty of evidence of struggles and fights. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's, it's a, I mean, violent, I know it's pixel art, so it's not bloody, but it's a violent game, like, there, I think there's all sorts oh, of deaths. <laughs> Very creative deaths. All kinds of deaths, and, de and, then, and then three more that you couldn't possibly imagine. 
<laughs> that would happen here. And, oh uh, man, there is so much going on in this game. So much yeah. going on. Yeah. Now, now the, the one thing for me that I would have liked is uh, that I would have liked maybe, I don't mean people might disagree because they might like that it's challenging in this particular way, but I would have liked maybe some hint system so that you don't go, to, if you're not tempted to go to a walkthrough, just if you're I think if you're wandering around for a long time, you can't get it, then maybe the game might prompt you, might ask you, do you want a hint? Like, not just, not the answer necessarily. but Like if, a push uh, in the right direction. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like someone, I don't know, maybe a character or, or someone, or maybe, uh, I don't know, the guy who wrote the letter, or so, or I don't know, something just to to help you. Because my, my main concern about this game is the people that they might not have, you know, the patience to you know, it's tenacity, as we mentioned, as I, you know, succumb to a walkthrough at, you know, at the end. So that would be my only thing, but it is a fantastic game. It's a unique game. It's a truly, uh, I can see why everyone is going wild over this. And, um, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I think, you know, even like the mainstream media, like the mainstream game media, uh, it's their game of the year. Like a lot of people are rating this higher than, you know, God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 and, uh, you know, Spider-Man, which is absolutely amazing. You know, like an adventure game is being rated by uh, mainstream gaming publications uh, higher yeah. than these. Well, that that just goes titles. to show that, uh, yeah, that, that just goes to show that taking risks and being unique and believing in your own vision definitely pays off because this is 100% Lucas Pope's vision. Lucas Pope's oh, game, he did everything. Everything. He, he, he did just about everything. And he actually won... In the gaming awards at the end of 2018, Return to the Opera Dinn won the best graphics. Again, ahead of Red Dead Redemption 2 and God of War and Spider-Man and Assassin's Creed. And we know how many yeah. people, you know, worked on those games, how many millions were put into those games. And this yeah, was the, one guy. And they look fantastic, but... <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's not, yeah, not even bad about those unique. games. But this game, it's like nothing I've ever played before. So, so yeah, yeah, so if people haven't played it, I would definitely recommend you... You check 100%. it out, you try it. The, the only... Uh, Oberdin uh, just had the bad luck that Unavowed also came out. <laughs> yes, I know, that's kind of... <laughs> you know, pe- people, some people have said it's been a, like a mediocre year for adventure games. I, I disagree. I think, you know, it, I think just yeah. with uh, Return of the Oberdin and Unavowed, if they had been the only adventure games, it, you know, it would be good. But we also had, as we've spoken about, we've had Lamplight City, you know, we've had... So this year we've had games by Francisco Gonzalez, Lucas Pope, and Dave Gilbert. I think that's a hell of a year when those two released. That's a fantastic year in any in any book. Yeah, because I think any other year games like Lamplight City or even Pillars of the Earth, as I mentioned, would probably have better a better chance of being named as Adventure Game of the Year. But now with games like you know, I think for example, you know, AdventureGamers.com have their you know the nominees for. The Aggies or Aggies, I think you know their, their adventure yeah. games of the year. Um, I think it's going to be between Return of the Oberdin and Unavowed. I, my prediction is uh, that Oberdin will win best non-traditional, and Unavowed will win best yeah. traditional. Even though it's not really traditional, but it's more traditional than Oberdin. And then it's, I think on it's a modern, it's a modern traditional. <laughs> exactly. And then I think Unavowed will win yeah, it, the best it, overall game. It's you know, it's it's been a great year, I think. And there's other games that we haven't mentioned that, uh, you know, that we haven't been able, you know, that I can't remember at this moment, but that came out and that have, you know, that are have gotten very good reviews as well. 
Um, so, so yeah. So again, I would recommend that people check out these games, particularly the last two, Upward In and Unavowed. And then, as you mentioned, uh, you know, there's Tango. You mentioned Lamplight City and and those games. So I'll put Chalk, a, you know, Tairi. Chiok, exactly. Um, you know, I'll put a link uh, to this article on on the show notes then as well, so people can can check, can read it, and then check out mm-hmm. links to the games. Um, and yeah, so I think that. That would be it for today. Then we've been over an hour. <laughs> as as uh, I mean, I could go on for a long for a long time, but I know that we <laughs> that we should probably you know get to bed with working all in the morning. And <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, but but yeah. So uh, well, it just goes to show. Then uh, it's been a great year for adventure games, and I'm looking forward to to playing 2019. I've already played one game as I mentioned. I think Rain Swept. If uh, if that's not nominated for best writing at the end of the year by adventuregamers.com, it will have been another great year because I really love the writing in that game, and I strongly recommend people check that game out as well. And yeah, um, I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Uh, you, you showed me the trailer, and it was it was intriguing. It's not a, a typical uh, style of, of art in, in that game. No, so. it's very unique. Now. It, Probably it is a bit short as well as four or five hours, but then again, those four and five hours, you are spent on the plot and on the characters. So there is nothing that's just put in to make the game longer. You know that there's everything in the in the game. You know with the, with the characters, with the dialogue, with the interactions, um, like everything is meaningful. Like there's yeah. not there's, there's nothing just added on to make the game longer. So, um, so yeah, it's so if, exactly. So if other games are going to be you know like this. Next, you know, in 2019, I'm looking forward to <laughs> to the year. So yeah, yeah. I, uh, I recently uh, finished um, another uh, point and click slash visual novel hybrid called She and the Lightbearer. So uh, okay, I can yeah. tell you more about that next time. Uh, sure. Yeah. So the next episode, uh, so we can have like a review episode every maybe few weeks then. Um, you know, and we can just talk about the games that we're playing. Then I think that would be. Uh, that would be ideal, actually. That would be um, great crack. The, exactly. Yes, you're becoming very Irish now. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I'll just go to show. Uh, thank you very much, Thomas, for joining me. So I will speak to you again probably in a, in a few weeks. Yeah. Thank you for having me, and I'd uh, I'd love to continue our uh, our chat about uh, adventure games and the history of adventure games and the f- especially the future of, of adventure games. Definitely, yes. No, I look forward to it as well. Somebody I can speak to who also cares about adventure games because I usually bore <laughs> people about them. So. <laughs> so thank you very much, Tomas. I'll speak to you thank soon. You. So that was my discussion with Tomas Bex on our favorite games of 2018 and Obra Din. I hope you enjoyed it. What did you think? Did you agree with our assessment that Unavowed is our favorite game of the year? Was Unafoud your favourite game of the year? Or do you have another favourite game? And did you play Return of the Oprah Din? If so, what did you think? Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? Uh, you can comment. You can comment on social media, Facebook, Twitter, or uh, Instagram. Or you can contact me at adventuregamespodcast.com forward slash contact me, and I will read out comments in the next episode. So thank you for joining me next week. I will be interviewing Nathaniel Behrens of React Games, who is a developer and adventure game reviewer for adventuregamesearth.com. So we'll be speaking about his game, Sagebrush, 
which you can also find on Steam. So thank you very much for joining me. I hope to see you then. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps and reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at AdventGamePod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you are a adventure game developer or a adventure game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So until next time, thank you.